Well, I don't have to tell you that the pandemic has certainly changed the way we do church. And now that we're beginning to come out of it, we're noticing some trends. And there's some interesting stats here about people coming back, and especially in the area of small group ministry. We've got some stats and we've got some answers on how you can get people more involved again now that churches are opening up. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Phil Thompson with you on another wonderful edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. Well... We are in June, Steve. It is, uh, I guess you'd say it's officially summertime, right? It's getting there, yep. Yeah, we are hitting triple digits here in the old Pueblo. And I guess other parts of the country are pretty hot too, depending on where you live. Yes, my phone has been blowing up. Excessive heat warning. Ah, so what do you do to get away from the heat, Steve? Uh, We have a pool, so (laughs) that is helpful. Do you actually use it? Or stay in the air conditioning. So <laughs> that is, All right. as my brother used to say, that's why God created air conditioning. There you go. Well, I uh, it? I just drive six hours to Mission Beach. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Well, uh, folks, uh, uh, we're a tech company, as you probably figured out by now. And if you listen to us or watch us, uh, you know that we work with churches exclusively. We been doing this now for 20 years and we actually have a brand new product we're going to talk uh today about uh, actually I, I i grabbed an article that i really like from tony morgan and the article is four keys to uh, i can't read because i don't have my glasses on what's the name of the article steve four keys to correct the drift in discipleship habits and encourage people to gather in groups again yeah, we Probably the longest title we've ever done. Probably is. Well, that's his title, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, one of these days we'll have Tony Morgan on when he gets over his hatred of me. But uh, I'm just kidding. He, he uh, I'm sure he doesn't hate me. Probably didn't even remember me. But uh, we talk, you know, we talk about tech stuff, but we're also obviously very much involved in, in, in churches, and and we want to help churches grow and it's not just with tech but other things and that's i like some of the stats there's some interesting stats that we want to point out to you in this article and and i think that will help you yeah he's not is he associated with lifeway no okay because he uses a lot of lifeway stats here yeah well lifeway's got a lot of good stuff yeah they do uh, barna and all that stuff so they're pretty good stats and by the way just before we start this Go to mychurchdaily.com. We'll go after the podcast here. But but remember, mychurchdaily.com. Uh, it's a brand new product we have, uh, which will work with your Echo device. And it's a great way to reach your people and to reach other people uh, using this device, uh, which I can't say because I can't shut my microphone off oh, on, the, on my device. It's too just, far away. I just muted my, muted my Alexa device so I can yeah. say her name. Yeah. That are jumping up at me. So yeah, so check out my church daily because it's a great tool 
free 14 day trial. And uh, it's, it's really, I think, a, a very good thing for your flash briefings and stuff. So uh, anyhow, uh, we can talk about that later. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yes. So this is the drift in discipleship habits. So through kind of post uh, through the pandemic and post pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. No, that's, that's kind of, yeah. I'm just kind of setting it up. Right. So it's kind of going through kind of what changes we went through during COVID and what's going on now that we're coming out of COVID. Right. And it, it really has impacted how, um, people uh, get together in small groups. Yeah. And so he's got some interesting stats here and he's got uh, what I think would be some, some very practical solutions. Um, so because of the pandemic and we're coming out of that, as most people know now, we're coming out of it. Churches are starting to meet. One of the things he brings up is not everyone has returned to weekend worship as of yet. And it still might be a while before they do do his his group. Tony Morgan's group is called the Unstuck Group, and they show that the average in-person attendance over the previous twelve months of churches dropped more than twenty-eight percent. Which that would make sense, right? Uh, and most yeah. churches are seeing about one half to one third of the pre-pandemic attendance since the regathering. So uh, there's 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 a drop. It's slowly coming back. Uh, it's not great, but it's slowly coming back. Uh, the good news, and this is the LifeWay stat that he quotes, is that 91% of churchgoers are planning to return to their pre-pandemic attendance levels when COVID-19 is no longer an active threat uh, to most people's health. And so that's good, and that gives you some hope. Uh, there's also uh, some concerning news for church leaders uh, in this research, according to a recent survey, again, by Life Research, discipleship, Lifeway. Ha- Life, Lifeway, yeah, Lifeway Research, discipleship habits have uh, changed because of COVID-19. Uh, and they go on to talk about in, in January 2020, prior to the emergence of the, uh, of the pandemic with COVID-19, uh, about three in five, three out of five or 60% of churchgoers say they participated in small groups. And then yet a year later, fewer than fewer, and this is U.S. churchgoers overall say that they were involved in any type of church small groups. And uh, a third, 33%, say that they were participants in 2021, and 4% say they served as leaders. So some stats here, in his cases, people have drifted away from being involved in small groups. And I I think I kind of lean towards um, I mean, COVID disrupted regular habits. Right. Um, I mean, people were, you, you get into the mode where, oh, we just don't go to church now because COVID's going on and, you, right. and that, it's hard to, to migrate these habits. I don't know about you, but I know when uh, COVID first broke out, I, I felt really strange putting on a mask and going into a business and then not attempting to rob it. So right. that was a weird <laughs> kind of feeling then. And then towards the end, you know, being uh, vaccinated, going into uh, a business, not wearing a mask felt weird. So it's this, (laughs) you know, and so it's just these habits, I think that we get that, that COVID caused that we're, we're, we need to rebound from. So 
Yeah. Now I can relate to that because here in Arizona, we've relaxed the uh, the mask restrictions in most situations, not all, but most. But when I went to California last week uh, on vacation, you know, they're still with the mask and all that stuff. And, and so I had to kind of like, I literally walked into a business or two and forgot to put my mask on. And they reminded me, they <laughs> say, you need to put a mask on. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I was, I'm from Arizona. <laughs> all right. So uh, here's some facts. Uh, about groups and why groups are important. People who are in groups serve more often using their spiritual gifts. 73% of group members who attended four times a month or more said, I am intentionally putting my spiritual gifts to work, serving God and others. And in contrast, only 42% of the people who did not attend groups said this. So that's that's one point to make about groups. So if you haven't figured out, we're emphasizing small groups on yes. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And these are some really good stats about yeah. just uh, people in a group versus people outside of a group. And we're going to go right. through a few yeah. more of these here. Yeah. I think they're, they're pretty enlightening. Yeah. 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 The, the next one was that um, people that are in groups are more financially generous. Right. So the people who regularly attended a group reported they gave you know, this looks like they tithe 10.3% of their income to their church. And people who did not attend a group gave significantly lower rates. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure some people are listening going, well, it's uh, summertime right now. You know, we can't have groups. Well, we're going to get that out in a moment. Uh, but but yeah, groups are important. And here's an, that's an interesting stat. People are more generous when they're in groups. Another stat is people who are in groups share their faith more. Uh, again, the research demonstrated that people in groups are more evangelistic than those who do not attend the group. People who are in groups practice sharing their faith at a rate almost four times more than those who are not in a group. I wonder why that is. Well, I think, I mean, being in a group and talking with your group and sharing your faith with your group is practice for sharing your faith outside your group. So uh, I think, I think that's why it is. I think people just get more comfortable with it. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, moving along here, people in groups are more relational and that would make sense. Uh, again, the research proved that people not involved in a group were significantly, significantly less concerned about building relationships with others, with other believers than the people who were committed to attending a group like a Bible study. Uh, people in a group are almost twice as likely to intentionally form relationships with people that they meet at church. And I, I certainly, I totally agree with that. I, I think that it's, it just creates an opportunity. Uh, you know, it creates uh, uh, kind of a connection there that, that you can build on. Yeah. And I think, I mean, some people might go to the personality. Well, I'm an introvert, so I don't want to go to a group and, I, I, I think that really doesn't apply here. I mean, even, even if introverts in groups are more relational than, mm -hmm. than uh, introverts outside of groups. Yeah. You know, I'm an introvert. Uh, I think you are too. Yes, uh, very much so. But <laughs> I, I said that uh, sarcastically, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, I, I do crave relationships. So I have relationships with two or three guys that I've known for many, many years. And, uh, and we didn't get together much during the pandemic. One, one friend and I did because we would just meet outside in his back porch and 
you know, he would, he was okay with that during the pandemic, but I, I really do. Uh, I do miss, I just recently resigned, you know, last December from my church and uh, my church is still not meeting. Uh, I've resigned from it and I'm not sure where my future holds as far as that goes, as far as attending there in the future or not, they're not moving. They're not meeting right now. I, I assume they would be pretty soon, but I do miss the people. I'm an introvert, but I do miss you know, going to church and connecting with people. The content I can get anytime, anywhere, especially now. Content's available 24-7, you know, uh, almost anywhere. If, if you're church, if you're a church <laughs> using technologies, it should be. Uh, the content shouldn't be an issue. But what people miss are relationships. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the last one in this group thing is um, people in groups pray more. Yeah. The results of the survey showed that people who regularly attend a group are almost twice as likely to pray for someone who's not a profession Christian. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there, and, and again, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, what you do in small group is practice for the real world. So, I mean, you yeah. tend to pray a lot with your small group and it just leads flows out to the, to your outside world. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, obviously the emphasis here is in small groups. I've always believed that I've led small groups and organized small groups for the multiple churches that I've been in leadership with. And so today we want to talk about, you know, how to get this drift back to, to people meeting again. And it's summertime. We understand that, but now's a good time to start planning and getting organized and, and doing some things here for the fall. Uh, and not saying you can't do groups in the summer. You certainly can and, and should if you're able to. But to really do a big launch would be a great opportunity now uh, in the summer to kind of regroup. That's what right. we want to get into real quickly. Yeah. And before we get into this, I don't know how widespread it is, but I think one of the things that I really subscribe to that my church started doing many years ago is create um, semesters for small groups. Yeah. So Absolutely. that... You're not, I know that, you know, I've been attending church and being attending small groups for decades. And after a while, you're like, oh my gosh, we're going over to da, da, da's tonight again. You know, we've been doing this for nine months now, you know, maybe we should right. skip tonight or, you know, you just get right. worn out and yeah. having these planned semesters, I think is a, has been a great thing where you're, we, we correspond with the, um, with the school semester. So take uh, a Christmas break. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so anyway, yeah, I, I think, think it, yeah, I would uh, agree. I think groups are great and I think it's good to, to take breaks and especially, you know, on the host too. and you guys, I know you guys have hosted uh, groups for years and, uh, you know, it, it wears on your host on, uh, you know, if you're hosting yeah. a group, uh, you know, you got to kind of get the house ready and depending on what you've got set up, there's some right. responsibility. I think we learned this from, uh, from the NFL or uh, the sports people, because, you know, it's just year round. It's just after a while you're tired of it, but you really look forward to it when, Oh, it's coming again. We're, Oh yeah. Let's get our group going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's just jump into this. If yes. you want uh, yes. four points here, four points that you might want to think about. Uh, the first one is plan an all church, small groups campaign for the fall. So, in other words, you're going to really gear this up and, and make a big deal about this. And this is something that, 
Uh, in fact, Mike Gray, and I think you and I, Mike Gray, were talking about promoting things in your church. Uh, he was talking about promoting My Church Daily, uh, our new product, and helping churches do that. But it, you can, anything that you want to promote, you need to, you really, I'm going to say you need to do overkill uh, because not everybody gets it. And they're certainly talking about it for a week or two isn't enough. <laughs> you, you need to really get people excited about it. You need to really do a good job in, in, in getting the information out. And it's not just a one or two weekend announcement. There's more to it than that. All right. And this talks about um, creating a um, where everyone's studying the same thing for a set number of weeks so that everyone's kind of yeah. on the same page. Yeah. as you promote it. And we're, we're, we do that at my, at our church too. So right. I think that's help, been helpful as well. Yeah. I think it helps because it gives people something to, you know, you're on the same page together. Uh, it, it, it limits the, uh, the, the, the rogue groups that can go out there. I mean, it can still happen, but it limits yeah. that. And, and it, on the lo- same page. it lowers the burden of the people leading the session as well, because right. You've got curriculum, you know, and everyone's doing the same curriculum as opposed to, and we've done a bunch of these, just different studies. Right. We say, oh, let's find, let's all do a study on, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> right. And, uh, and we do that for, let's do that for, you know, there's a 10 week study. Let's go drive that thing. Yeah, so this, absolutely. it makes it easy having, keeping everybody on the same page and uh, don't have to think about what do we want to study and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um so, yeah, so plan it all, church, small group campaign. Let it really launch it, put some planning, put some thought into it, and start doing it now for the fall, and, and you will uh, you will certainly uh, be able to uh, see some success. All right, so number two, uh, intentionally recruit and train new small group leaders. This is really important. <laughs> You know, and it's something you kind of alluded to earlier, and that is, you know, you do this over and over again, your leaders get burned out, they get tired. So it's real important to find some new people out there, recruit them, train them. It brings some new blood into into what you're trying to do. Yep, exactly. Gives, uh, yeah, gives a lot, allows for shift with some of the people to take a semester off or that sort of thing if you've got continually recruiting new people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, t- so, you know, there's there's different ways to do this. You, you want to start getting the word out in your communication. Uh, and also, you want to really maybe meet with your existing leaders and say, hey, who are some people here that could possibly lead some small groups? Who are some people you know talking to your leaders, either your small group leaders and, uh, uh, you know, getting some feedback from them as to, uh, you know, who would be some good candidates to possibly lead. Yeah. Or even leaders looking within their own group. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, this guy's really come a long way. Let's, yeah. let's have him lead for a while. Yeah, absolutely. That actually happened in my group. So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, good deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, third point, give people options. Did you want to say something? Did I cut you no, off? No, that's it. You got it. Okay. Give people options for where and how they gather in small groups. Options are, I think, a very good thing. Uh, you, you know, it opens up more opportunities if you give people options. 
Right. So, I mean, we've done that as well. And I think a lot of people have, I mean, once we were doing online only, and then we said, let's um, go back. We did a hybrid model for a while and then we're pretty much full back in person, but we, you know, given uh, people opportunities to attend online, I think is, is good. Yeah, I, I think that's true. So, I, you know, if you've done some online small groups, uh, you know, I probably want to continue to at least make that available to some degree. And uh, so uh, go for that. But uh, again, look at some options out there. Think, you know, I hate to use this term because it's worn out, but think outside the box. <laughs> think, you know, think of something that's a little different, maybe that still might work. Uh, I don't know, maybe meeting at a coffee shop, maybe meeting, you know, in a park, depending on your situation and your weather. Uh, there's some, there's some things to do. I know one group used to meet in a, uh, in a park and they would bring their kids and let their kids play. And, uh, it wasn't too bad. It, it, it wasn't, you know, there's a little bit of distraction, but not too much, you know? Yeah. So there's things you can do if you get creative to think about options out there for people to gather. Yes. All right. And the fourth point is teach the why of small group gathering from the pulpit. Yeah, that's so important. That's really important because people people need to understand the vision. And this is something that I, I think a lot of pastors sometimes forget about. We're, we're involved in teaching. We want to teach the Bible. We want to help people. But we forget that, that, that really vision of what your church is all about and what you're trying to do is so important. And it needs to be incorporated, I think, in almost every message you do to some capacity. It doesn't have to be a whole message on vision. It doesn't have to be a whole message on why you should have small groups, but uh, although that wouldn't be a bad way to kick things off, but Mm -hmm. I think it needs to be incorporated within your message. And I had one pastor tell me, well, I feel like I'm doing a commercial. Well, you know, you can do it in such a way where it doesn't sound like a commercial. You know, if you, you can teach and you can do things that, uh, and incorporate vision and incorporate what you're trying to do as a church and, and I think it will help get people, they'll begin to understand why we do what we do. Right. They can go through the, the points we talked about earlier. We gave yeah. some ammo there. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 want to strengthen their, their walk and relationship with the Lord, then here's some ways to do it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And you can do that every, every week on some measure, some degree. So it doesn't always have to be an announcement. Although, as I said at the very beginning of this, you know, you, you really do need whatever you're doing, you need to get it out there and you need to continue to get it out there. Um, and by the time you're tired of hearing it, that's when people probably begin to get it. You know, I was in broadcasting for 20 years and uh, we used to say, by the time we were sick of hearing a song that we played on the radio, that's about the same time when people started to get it. <laughs> so people started to enjoy it. We were there all the time. We'd hear the song all the time and get tired of it right away. But that, but, but eventually people would, that they'd catch on to it. And same way with, you know, speaking of radio commercials, you know, that's why you see commercials all the time on TV and radio uh, because, you know, not everybody's attentive and, and they eventually get it. And it goes back to that study. I think that Billy Graham did years ago, uh, you know, people need to hear the message of, of the gospel at least seven times uh, before they make a decision. Is that right? I think it was seven times, wasn't it? I thought that was an advertising thing. <laughs> I didn't think that was a Billy Graham thing. 
I don't know. Just a, I, I thought it was just, Billy Graham. Uh, so you don't think it's valid? You don't think people knew? Oh, I think I think Billy Graham would probably. Um, yeah, they don't need to hear the message from him more than once. So <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't I do, think it was I talking do. about hearing hearing Billy Graham seven times. I just think oh, yeah. hearing the general message of the yes. gospel seven yeah. times. Yeah, I think it, it's a it is a common advertising thing that uh, people just zone out, and then the seventh time they go, oh yeah. I can save 15 minutes and or whatever, 15% by spending 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Or that it's one the, Liberty mutual, that emu, emu or whatever that thing is. All right. All right. Well, we're done here, but want to say one thing. If you need some help on this, if you have questions, you can send us an email support at streamingchurch.tv. That's one of our products. And we do have another product called mychurchdaily.com. Check it out and see if it's something that might be useful for your church, your ministry, and you can get on those Amazon smart speakers. And uh, you can have a message you come out every morning if you want it. Exactly. Yeah, so check it out. All right, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. It's good being here. All righty. And folks, thank you for listening to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast or watching it. Uh, We're on YouTube. Uh, you can see us if you go to streamingchurch.tv and look at our Church Solutions podcast. We have audio, we have video, or anywhere that you get your podcast. Just look for Church Solutions podcast. We've been doing this forever, and uh, we'll continue to do it forever. Well, maybe not forever, but for a while. All right, folks, thank you again for your time. Take care of yourselves. We will catch you again next time on another edition of the Church Solutions podcast. I'm Phil Thompson. <laughs>